0: what's going on everybody hope you are having a wonderful week so far it's podcast time and this week i have got the one and only sonny wharton sonny i have known for over 10 years um i've known him as dj producer record label owner um and he is now an artist manager um looking after gene ferris charlie t and jess bays and doing a very good job at it um he's been successful in everything that he's kind of put his mind to over the years and also alongside that been one of the nicest guys of in the industry sonny signed one of my first records on his record label wartone and being part of the wartone crew kind of just made some really close proper friends in the industry that of just like always we're still friends there's a bunch of us that are still friends and and people that have their careers have stopped in music and people's careers that have grown in music and it was just an amazing part of my career um and my life um so i thought i'd get him on and have a good conversation so without further ado sonny wharton Uh, and we are live sonny wharton what's cooking man Sorry I'm late, mate. I guess no
1: point used in changing to it. things now. After used to
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> Not too late though. Only like ten minutes.
1: Yeah, ten minutes is kind of
0: <laughs> I was gonna send never. you the link earlier and was like, mate, if you want to jump on earlier, let me know and then I realised it's you that I'm talking to. So it's like You
1: know the bad the bad thing is, no jokes, even my dentist tells me a different time to what time my actual appointment <laughs> is because I've never <laughs> been on time for thirty something years. Um <laughs> And, and it's another thing that some of my best friends so I play I play badminton every week some of my best friends and we've been doing it 20 years and I've been to school with them and everything and no jokes only a few weeks ago I found out that they've been telling me a lie for all this time because because I went to book the court and I was like it's 5 30 and 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 the receptionist was like uh we don't do any at 5 30 it's 5 40. <laughs> and I, like, and I turned around and basically, yeah, they've been telling me 5:30 for all these years, I've, and I've never been on time anyway. But I've only been like five minutes late or something because it was actually later than they told me. So that's so, yeah. when
0: you know you got real friends, real friends,
1: and clearly uh, a timing issue. So Apologies to everyone I've ever been late for, which is a lot
0: forever. Your whole life, yeah, yeah. Oh well, life goes on. <laughs> Indeed.
1: <laughs> How are you? You back in the UK right now?
0: Yeah, man, got back yesterday. I am. Um... Got some good sleep last night, which was a nice change. Um, we well, come back from New York. Yeah, I was in New was York. Yeah. yeah, Montreal and New York this weekend, um, which was good fun. To be fair, mate, hey, all these transatlantic flights you had the other day, going from back from Miami. How did you find it?
1: Uh, weird. It's been a minute since I've done it, mm. so I've forgotten what that deficit's like, and the fact that you kind of lose a, a day as well because you're going, you going, you know, you're going back or forwards in time, but
0: yeah yeah um, i always try and get red eyes to just combat that off. yeah so you just like yeah, that's what I with pass my out oh. and then and then you're good to go um in theory <laughs> yeah yeah it to goes to to <laughs> but <laughs> then you, you can't really do that going to to no. america so you have no. to like leave in the morning and then you get there in the morning you're like, or in the afternoon you're like Ugh.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that point where you'd, you'd like to unwind, actually yeah. everything's about to start going, and you're like,
0: "Yeah, this is gonna hurt." My but, parents are in Australia at the moment, oh, wow. and I just feel for them because that jet lag is not fun at all. Yeah, it hits you hard when
1: you're over there. I used to, obviously I used to do Asia a lot as well. I'm yeah, it's like nine hours ahead, or whatever. And yeah, um, I always used to stay in the UK time zone. Um, oh, did you? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the trips were quite short. Like I'd, I know it sounds mad saying it now, but like career or whatever i do so you know i'll be there and back within 48 hours sometimes. yeah so i'll just stay in the uk time zone mm. and then it's quite good actually because you know you set at three in the morning it's like tea time here yeah so it's like, oh, <laughs> i feel great you do the set and then you finish up and it's actually like a normal bedtime yeah so, um,
0: i've never tried that but yeah i've always just gotten into the normal time zone of, of that there we go sorry mate that's not
1: a good start is <laughs> Probably a, probably a really bad pause face. Obviously, that won't work on the audio version, but anyone watching
0: YouTube will just... I'll edit that it, out, mate. It wasn't pretty sight. Yeah,
1: cheers. Never no is, I'm sure. Um, yeah, time zones. Like, it's, I, I've always tried to stay in the UK one. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I guess it depends how long you're there for. If you're there for a couple of weeks, you've got no choice, yeah. really. But,
0: yeah, um, I, I, I've never tried the whole stay on UK. I just don't know if I could do it.
1: It hurts, it hurts less if you know, short time. when, you, when you come Australia back. was one that really kicked me that like, normally for six, mm. one, but yeah, everywhere else.
0: Yeah, I think, I think also there comes a point when you just like, you're just so used to it that you're just like, mm. okay, I'm just gonna sleep when I can sleep and then just crack on. But yeah, definitely recommend that But It's not good for the health at all.
1: No, it's, it's funny, and it's one of those things that. As soon as we get older um you're still very young but um you, you realize how important
0: sleep is I'm know? not that young now I've got grays <laughs> in my beard and I'm if I grow hair I'm silver fox as hell like I still can't even grow a beard
1: <laughs> no jokes. like it's, it's it's got to a point where do you I've shave actually, I do have to shave but how like many times like a year once a week maybe <laughs> but, uh, yeah it's um yeah yeah, I can't grow a beard. I mean, like I can grow really bad sideburns. But yeah, this is probably awful content for anyone watching. But, but, um, but it never joins up in the
0: middle. Does it not?
1: No, it's a real. Yeah, I just look like a really bad Wolverine.
0: I saw a guy, and you know, so a lot of these guys are getting like tattooed heads to like the tattoo. Yeah. Did I show you in Miami the guy? Did you see him? Is that the one with the yeah? <laughs>
1: the sideburns that were tattooed on yeah tattooed
0: yeah. his sideburns on i was, i, I was didn't like, block it until you point
1: out either yeah. i just you know you know like peripheral vision you just sort of presume that's his hairline
0: and then yeah. you're like dude he's got that tattooed on it's dedication to the hairlines mm, yeah i don't know about that i don't know i don't know how i feel about it just like just go bold i but i i was I in think, denial yeah, about going. Got, yeah. I, I was in denial about going bold for years it was only after lockdown
1: they're all gone, gone. Like, Everything. I haven't
0: seen your hat. Yeah, everything's gone. It's just like yeah. fully, fully well, bold. I
1: was going to say, it's, it's probably less maintenance, but then you're making up for it with a beard. You yeah. the to to
0: the be hair. fair, though, I actually have to shave my hair more than I used to cut it. Yeah. So, like, I shave my hair like twice a week now, probably more than you shave your beard. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: my reality check right there. So, yeah. Oh dear! Well, obviously, I did it in reverse. I had a shaved head for all those years. Yeah, you and none did. None of my didn't friends you. actually told me how awful I looked, and then um, and I decided to grow hair back. And yeah, good times, worked. good so. times.
0: Um, we should probably get into some music talk because I think everyone's going to be bored about listening. Yeah, I was going to say sorry. Us. Yeah,
1: well, time <laughs> zones and, uh, and facial hair.
0: So, so I known you probably like you signed my. You were one of the first. I, I, oh my god, I can't talk. You literally were one of the first people that signed me. Um, what was the was it Buster?
1: Buster. Well, there were a couple. There of was a couple that.
0: before that. Yeah,
1: Buster was that real pivotal moment. Yeah. I think when you sort of really started to define what would become your your sound, I guess. But
0: I want to talk about before Warzone Records and mm-hmm. before I knew you. Um, to start with anyway how did like where did it all start from you how old were you what, like what was the deal
1: um how far do you want to go about like getting into DJing or, or kind of it becoming a, a real career I guess I
0: feel like it's the transition so like I think what a lot of people like to hear about is how the transition went from how we got into it to a full-time job because I think that's the, the toughest part in this industry is like what is yeah, the it is, moment yeah. although um, that was like no like it's so different nowadays to how it was back then back but then
1: you had lots of these literally
0: exactly. Any, yeah, exactly USBs.
1: so yeah. um yes yeah, so, i mean you know similar sort of story to a lot of people you know you get into it in school and and discover mm. you just discover dance music and you know and DJs and never really look at it as a i guess it's a bit different now because it is clearly a viable career but you know at that point Kind of don't think necessarily this could be a career path. Yeah. Um, but I was obsessed with it, and and I just tried really hard locally. I'm so I was born and and brought up in Mid Wales, where there wasn't a big club scene in any way.
0: So you actually Welsh?
1: I am, yeah. <sighs> um, I went to Wikipedia as well, so it's Someone's official. Be. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am Welsh. Um, my parents, my parents are from London, but I'm I'm Welsh. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but like the scene was just a typical sort of local scene, you know, one or two clubs, a little bit going on, but nothing to the level of, you know, the scale of the UK club scene. So it was really hard to kind of break through in any way. You know, I played as much as I could locally, and that was purely just through pushing hard and hustling yeah. to try and get anyone to give you a slot. And um, I guess a, a real pivotal moment was. was I just decided to go to Ibiza for the season I didn't have any contact. I mean you know you'll know the story um yourself having done it but I didn't have any contacts or anything out there and I was just like I I need to be where the scene is Mm. um so I I took that leap and did it and the irony was I try and keep it short rather than boring people with it but I had what at the time felt like a big break in the uk a gig come in to play ironically you know the the back room of a big 12 hour yeah. event basically you know um but to me that was a big gig because yeah. you know there's all these big names on the lineup and, and someone's offered you the chance to play you know room two um for fuck all for um <laughs> but i'd already committed to going to a befa. so so two weeks into being in abifa for the season i had to fly back to the uk to play this show um As I'm sure you can imagine, it was awful. Got messed around. Yeah, Most didn't play. Ended up playing. Had 20, 30 of my mates there. You know, classic scenario where you just, you sort of start questioning what you're doing with your life by the end of it. Um, I sat back at the airport um, to fly back to Ibiza. And I bought a DJ mag. Um, And in that copy, which I wouldn't have bought if I was still in Ibiza, in that copy was a competition for Renaissance. And they're running it. Uh, they, had, they had a party at Amnesia that year, and they were running a competition for someone to play the terrace mm. because, obviously, they had Digweed and people like that in the main room. They wanted, like, house in the terrace. So I'd recorded a mix to take out to a beefer, um, and I had some of them left at home. So I phoned my dad before I got in the fight. I was like, can you send this CD to this address, please? Don't add any embarrassing letter or anything with it. You know, just put the CD in, and we'll open and send it to this. Um and and he and he did, and I didn't think much more of it. Got on the flight. A couple of days later in Ibiza, my phone rang. It's um, back in the days of, of pay and go. Um, that must have
0: cost a fortune.
1: Well, well this, this is it. I almost <laughs> didn't take it because I, yeah. I didn't have much credit on my phone. And it's yeah. an unknown number. And I was like, if I answer this, it's going to wipe out all my credit. I didn't have any money. I was in Ibiza for the season, yeah. you know, classic sort of situation. But I took it, and it turned out to be... Renaissance, renaissance marcus james at renaissance amazing saying we love the mix can you play the opening party next week basically um so that was a long story but that was the sort of i guess real pivotal moment and yeah. and the point is if i hadn't have gone and done that shit gig i wouldn't have bought the magazine i wouldn't have read that so you know it's
0: story. so mad how life is yeah right yeah. it's like those little things in those you never know like how I think it's that kind of thing. Is that you kind of got to say yes to everything for a certain amount of time in your career.
1: I think so. Yeah. If the door opens,
0: at least have a little look through it. Peek um, through. Yeah. Um, so and then from and then on, you were, became resident in at Renaissance, or were you just. Well, doing... so
1: yeah, quite a lot happened that summer. So similar time, I got um, I got a chance um, thanks to Lucy Coates actually, who's sure. only Max manager, um, but at that point um. At that point she wasn't, she was just starting out, but but she connected me with someone to give me a, a slot, uh, like a, a trial slot at Manumission. Yeah. So I ended up going at Manumission every week um, nice. as a resident there. That's always uh, a trip
0: there. Uh...
1: In <laughs> hindsight, it's unreal what, what went on there. Uh,
0: Have you heard it's coming back?
1: I've I've seen some rumours that got a book coming, and yeah, it'd be, it'd be good if it does. Is it is it definitively happening?
0: I don't know, but I was told the other day that it might be coming back makes sense there's it's it's yeah it's, it, it makes it's
1: sense it's time it is time I, th- I think it'll blow some people's minds if it comes back on the level it did as well
0: well this is the thing sorry to go on a tangent i was talking to ryan about this the other day and <clears throat> everything and this is no disrespect to the promoters out there don't get offended if you hear this but everything out there is so medical and just like pc and it's safe. It's very safe, safe yeah. and not willing to like offend anyone or kind of open people's eyes to i guess push the boundaries a bit yeah and that's all what parties used was about back then and especially
1: that hedonism
0: sort of time yeah Um, and the thing is it wasn't even that long ago if 20 20
1: there's a bit more than 20 years Yeah. yeah but
0: they were still going 10 years ago i think were they no, Manumission, no Manu, When did no. Manumission f- finish?
1: I don't know, but I was 20 is... I was 20
0: So, 12, 11 years ago It was still happening Oh,
1: cool Yeah Cool, cool
0: and Yeah, then...
1: possibly And yeah So so this summer we're talking about now it's literally It's 20 years ago This year 2002 That died Yeah, for me Damn yeah. I know I'm officially old um, still, so look, yeah. still
0: look like a baby, mate It's fine
1: you're it's good. that lack of beard, I guess.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when that kicks in, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So, so you had a you had a busy summer that year.
1: Yeah, it's mad. Um, you know, literally north to sixty. Yeah. Um Mission Every Week, Amnesia for Renaissance, did um did guest mix for radio one for Annie
0: Nightingale.
1: Mm. Um and then came back to the UK after that summer. And obviously you want you wanna go full throttle into it. Yeah. You're like, cool, this is what I want to do. You know, how do I make this career so i didn't go back to work Just, yeah. that became my full-time what were you job. doing what but, were you doing for work then um prior to that summer i was working for a sound and lighting company and okay. we do installs of sound yeah, systems yeah. or yeah. we do like try hires to events and stuff um but again though that's that's how i mentioned lucy coates who helped with the money mission thing that's how i met lucy yeah. um theo touche at the time became fake blood um he was playing an event we were doing the sound system for, which allowed me to give her the mix CD,
0: which
1: allowed her to help me open
0: that door. So, yeah. That's cool. And then coming back to the, when, when was it that you were like, okay, I need to make music?
1: I would say that's the, that's the mad thing. It was very, very different time. I didn't, I probably. You were a DJ first. so, didn't produce anything. I didn't have to, because I got a break as being a DJ. Yeah. And, as mad as that sounds, like being a DJ and just being a DJ and getting booked for just being a DJ. Um, well,
0: there was there wasn't many people that did that, and there's, there's there's barely any now. Like, who is it? Carl Cox. Who else? Well, so at that time
1: you had people like James Abili, you know, yeah. I'm talking about like DJ DJ, you know, real technically skilled DJs. James was great. Yeah, yeah, it still great. is. Yeah, um, yeah, people like that really. You know, blowing up, dominating scene. Yousef, people like that were, were coming through. Yeah. Uh, Nick Franciulli. Um We had this whole sort of movement at that time that, that was called like mix, make future heroes. And there was, there was loads of people. Mm. Um, Nick was one. Um, Fergie obviously was on here. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, he was probably one of the biggest names at, at the time. Pin up um, boy, wasn't he? Yeah, and, and rightfully so. And um, yeah, it was, it was. It was. So I was probably at the tail end of that sort of wave. What, I guess. What were you playing? house like tribally techy house not tech house as you know it now but that sort of darker house with a little bit of a like funk sort of undertone like Uh, actual tech house yeah I mean (laughs)
0: that was was just a burn on current tech
1: house um you know I wasn't like I wasn't uber cool in any way I wasn't you know sort of really setting the underground alight but Mm. I wasn't in any way commercial, I was kind of sitting in that middle void, I guess. What
0: was uber cool then, though? It's all subjective, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. That's a, that's kind of why I ask it because it's like I feel like there's always an underground and there's always like the cool kids, but I feel like more so back then there was less of that.
1: Yeah, there was. It was. It was definitely. It was definitely more open-minded yeah also i mean i don't know you know i could be wrong i've, I've always had a th- you know my theory is it's dance music mm. doesn't make you want to dance yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what that is to you like how do you feel are you enjoying it wicked yeah no one cares how the kick drum was created or just dance into it and, and it's subjective what you do or don't like i think um well so it's it's,
0: uh, it's also it's like it's it's really a a. uh an avenue for people to escape reality that's my view on it and yeah, it i think the politics behind it all is for us to deal with ourselves but yes yeah, it's, it's very strange it's very strange how it works where it's very clicky it's very all of that but at the, in, in the grand scheme of things forward fronting it's escapism and and that's what it should be i don't know whether it's the business side of it that forces stuff to be boxed up so that it can be packaged and sold possibly Mm. i think (laughs) i think it is because everything has to be sold and marketed in a certain way and a lot of people don't look at things where we can just generally in the public right like like if you go and buy that black hoodie you're buying that black hoodie you're not they're not trying to sell you a, a black a pink a yellow one they're trying to sell you that black hoodie um it's the same with music it's the same it's like how do you package all of this music up all same with playlists on spotify and apple music it's like okay this is the house music one this the house music isn't actually just loads of different genres of house music it's in the parameters of whatever today is yeah. um and i don't think that's anyone's fault i think that's just how society is And I don't think that's ever going to change.
1: It's not. I do feel though, with music specifically, at the moment we're in a new, a new era, like and and a good one. Like it's kind of, I don't know whether, I guess classically timing. You see over the years, something happens and and it kind of resets things a little bit. Um, And in this case, the pandemic, I guess, has allowed a whole new wave to come through. They were coming through anyway, I think, but but it's definitely widened the net a bit. And it just feels like a fresh energy again at the moment to me. Uh,
0: I don't know if I... I agree with you to a certain extent. I agree with you. wrong.
1: There's still the old guard keeping tight control of a certain certain I, gates, but...
0: I think the thing that I disagree with, with you on that is that it's still very limiting. Mm-hmm. So you're... As an artist, you're almost expected to fit in a box.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. But then, not that I'm trying to argue with you in any way.
0: But, no, I'm um, down for an argue. Bring it uh, on. <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, you, you have got multi-genre artists coming through that are just DJs. They're not producing music. Um, Who? Um, Lala. She's a great DJ. Very, very forward thinking but 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 still the voice of this generation yeah. um i mean there's a lot of producers where you've got absolute people like that but there's just a whole she's a radio really DJ a
0: whole... lala's a radio dj as well right
1: she's got a show on rinse i believe yeah. i don't know i don't know yeah um, she does yeah but um i just think there's a whole wave of people like there's Twenty thirty new artists that are just coming yeah up, no man.
0: i i totally agree i think i think there's some amazing artists that have come through through lockdown, I totally agree. I think more so, my argument against that is that it's not necessarily not allowing new people come through, it's not allowing interest in music to come through. R- rather than,
1: I do feel like there's a change coming,
0: do you think? I, I do feel it's been very
1: linear for a long time. Um, and what we've not had, so obviously, everything's goes in full circles really what we've not really had is do you remember that sort of mid-naughty shake up where you kind of had that electro yeah yeah, yeah. justice daryl and digitalism kind Block of house like. yeah we haven't had anything like that on this
0: no this. and that's that i think i guess the the closest thing to that was the tech house craze that's kind of happened and happening and turned into edm to a certain extent. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um but I kind of feel like that's just replicated almost that what would have been probably that possibly funky house kind of era mm. of the noise. Yeah. Um it's just it's been tech house this time around.
0: Yeah, um, it happens it happens in circles, right? Um mm-hmm. but I think I guess what I'm trying to get at is that like The majority of people love that music. That's why these all these artists are so popular. So you can't hate on it if you know what I mean. But I think what happens with when we have to look at what we're listening to to consume our music, and the places that we're consuming our music is isn't necessarily supporting the the smaller genres, the little yeah that's fair coming through.
1: it's, It's you know it's it's only what's visible to you.
0: Yeah. And, and then you use out of that,
1: and if and if you don't know that X Y or Z exists because yeah. a certain store or radio station is not presenting that to you, you don't know any different. So, so yeah. yeah, you're right. And it's I think that's,
0: I think that's our job as. Well, like how many times when you were growing up and still now did you did you turn on Pete Tong, Annie Mac?
1: That, yeah, that dictated what and, I listened to, what I bought on on records. You know that that was yeah, yeah that was my that was my window into it. So, and I
0: still, quite- yeah. And I still think they still do that radio hmm. radio, especially the, the radio on guys, like Sarah, um, Danny, um, Pete, and kind of, it's all right the, well, yeah. and all the, all the peripheries, like they're all still doing that and pushing forward. However, yeah. the, like that used to be the staple for everyone to do is go and listen to radio or when they're getting ready. Now it's not. Now it's, let's put on Deezer, let's put on Amazon Music, let's put on Spotify, let's put on Apple Music because it's easy. So it kind of takes away the radio element. And when these tech platforms aren't actually curating multi-genre dance music playlists, I feel like that's where it stops kind of people finding new stuff. You have to dig a lot deeper to find it. Definitely. So, when was it for you where you were like, okay, I have to start making music?
1: Uh, it was it was those sort of mid two thousands really. Um, mm. That's where the model was changing. So, you we were in that we we're in that sort of physical to digital shift in that grey yeah. area where you know beatport came through. Um, you know, I'd gone from playing vinyl every yeah. week to at that point CD. Um, and there was a big shift and within that shift, it felt like to keep moving, you had to produce music. Yeah. Um it was, it was naturally an evolution anyway, because as you know, you get curious about, oh, I want to make a record like this so, or yeah. I want to do a bootleg of that or whatever for your sets. So it kind of happened organically anyway, but it was definitely, definitely hit a conscious point where I was like, I've got to drive this forward. I've almost got to focus on that more than anything else. Yeah. Uh, and so, so yeah it was probably mid to late 2000s really mm-hmm. i think the real changing moment for me on that was when i played a, a couple of times of express 2 uh, a festival in in scotland and i just asked them as you do you know as politely as possible like is there any way i could have a go at remixing something on spec bear mm-hmm. in mind you know these guys are like one of my heroes <laughs> um you just you know just cheekily asked and yeah. and and they gave me they gave me some stems to a track called opulence which was on skin and i did the remix and and that changed as a producer that changed game for me because that got me my relationship with skin which which gave me you know a really great few years as an artist for them Mm -hmm. and it's purely just down again to just someone giving you the chance at something i guess
0: yeah and asking and asking yeah
1: yeah i guess and asking yeah um not an easy question to ask, is
0: it? But, no, <laughs> no it's, it's really not. But I think back then as well, there was less people doing it. So less people would ask, less people were interested. It wasn't kind of like a cool... Th- it wasn't cool then. It was more of a geeky thing to do, to, to be part of. Um, skin, that was like the the, the the big days of skin.
1: Well, it was sort of... It, it was. was I it? think they'd had a little. they had a little lull through yeah. that digital change. Mm. You know, obviously, Skim, and it still is. It's got such a legacy and history, and you know, still some of my favorite records yeah, ever yeah. Have been released on Skin. It's such a great label. Um, but I think through that that transition from physical to digital, it's, it's taken a little bit of a dip, and you know, some some other labels have sort of come up through, perhaps. Um, mm. And it was kind of having like a almost a second wind that I was part of that. I guess I was lucky to be part of that, but but you know all of that aside. For me, that was one of my favorite labels. Still is yeah. one of my favorite labels. So even just to have a remix listened to, let alone released,
0: was mm. mind blowing and 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 amazing. Was that Fatboy Slim's label, or was did he have a part? Was he signed to it? He was signed to it as an artist. Yeah.
1: Um, obviously, they're all very close friends. Yeah, and yeah. you know I, I think they're kind of. Um, Cross-pollinated mm. across Southern Fried, Skin, um, Loaded, etc. But Skin originally, I believe, was the sub-label of Loaded, which was the more okay at that point slightly more commercial. commercial. Yeah. Um, and then Skin was the sort of, I think they kind of just created it really. Yeah, as
0: is it still around now? It's still doing stuff, isn't it?
1: Is um, it's it's part of BMG now. Yeah. Um, so. so after each loop, repeat. <laughs> that one um, did you remix that uh, i didn't remix it no, no. Um, i was lucky to be on the tour yeah. so that's um i mean i did remix it but like you know you've done a couple of remixes not officially I've, 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 it was it was officially allowed but yeah you know it's been, <laughs> yeah it's just something i played out um, it never came out yeah um that
0: record yeah. was huge
1: i still remember hearing it the first time obviously i guess largely a lot of people you know, we'll probably know that the Calvin Harris version that, 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 you know, sort of went on to, but, but yeah. the original, uh, I thought it was, it was absolutely amazing. fucking genius. Yeah,
0: it was amazing.
1: I remember hearing it and going, this is amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely genius. Is it real? Is it not? What, you know, because because when you listen to the story, it does sound like, I know it's Beardy Man, but it does sound like someone just telling you a random story in afters. Um, yeah, so, genius yeah, move. it was amazing. But, but yeah, the, BMG um i believe acquired skin just after that
0: record ah so. okay oh, that was quite a while ago then 2013 14 something. yeah mm-hmm. so when in the process did you start were you like okay i want to start my own record label
1: um i wanted to do it kind of from the off for quite a few years Wartone maybe it was three years in my head before i actually became a a label, yeah. Um, so that started in 2009, and I pressed pause on it at the end of 2019, so about 10 years. Um,
0: Damn, was I it mean, that long?
1: Ten years, and made a lot of really good friends for you at the time. A lot of great memories yeah, attached man. to some of those releases and some of those moments, and yeah, like you know, it's yeah, it's very positive memories for me.
0: I think that's the thing is. <clears throat> Why, I guess it's like, what was the reasoning of you starting the record label? Um, it genuinely was. I wanted,
1: I was just getting sent so many records I yeah. really liked. Mm. And I was like, why isn't anyone else putting these out? I, yeah. You know, I really like this record. So that, that kind of really pushed me into, into thinking about it properly. Yeah. And then naturally alongside that, you know, I was getting more confident as a producer um, in hindsight, you know, I've definitely changed a lot of those records. But at that, at that time, you know, it's it, it sort of, well, I'd like to release music when I want yeah, on my own sort of platform alongside all these great records that, you know, some of those people obviously know, really good friends. You know, these guys are sending me and, and that's, it just felt very organic. Mm. Uh,
0: Love that. Yeah, it was I mean, definitely uh, like a little crew, wasn't it? Mm, I yeah. remember because you... I met Ben through you guys, which yeah. is his digital impression. Did, what's he going out, out under his now? He's,
1: so he's Monode now, Mono'd. Uh, which is new artist, alias, but yeah, his digital impression for that era. And still, hands down, to this day, he's one of the best producers I've ever met. Oh, yeah, he's ridiculous. Amazing. Um, he is he's, amazing. We'll get onto it at a later point, maybe, but he's um, He's going to do a new EP for my new label. I'm starting a new label this year. So.
0: Sick. What's this new label? It's called
1: Strength in Numbers, nice. um, and I just wanted—I just wanted to leave War Tone in a yeah. good place. If that made sense, and just start something different. Um, and it's going to be less frequent, mm. more artist-focused, not label-branded-focused yeah. in any way. Let's, uh, let's,
0: let's, I want to talk about. It. Sorry to butt in, but I want to talk about that leaving War Tone and starting something new. Over the years, there's so many labels that just keep hanging on. And there's so Ooh. many artists that keep hanging on. We all can keep hanging on, right? Because it's it's like... Easy to do, yeah. It's easy to do and it's like... It's,
1: easy. it's not easy to do,
0: but but it's I guess it's more comfortable to stick with something you know. It's the comfort zone, right? So I know you, we're getting to what you're doing now in a bit, but what was the reasoning of leaving... Stop in war tone and starting something new because I think a lot of people can learn from that. Sometimes a fresh start is actually exactly what is needed.
1: Well, I guess you know we can both relate to this as artists. At some point, we probably many times over have considered mm-hmm. starting a new alias, starting I've, a new name, I've, or not. I've so, actually
0: uh, never have. I I have I have an alias. Yeah, but that was because it was like me and somebody else. But I've never actually thought about changing my name i have a few times yeah but then i've had many
1: moments in the career where you're like i'm done this i can't yeah you know this is this is that um but yeah back to the point i guess about the label i just it just felt we've celebrated 10 years and i was obviously transitioning into into arts management which like i said we can maybe get on into a bit but it just felt the right time to just leave it in a good place i didn't want to be i don't know 14 15 16 years in going i should have just drawn a line under it in a good place like we did did 10 years we did an album i did 10 shows with lots of friends to celebrate 10 years and it just felt a really that sounds real cliche It just felt a good place to just press pause and yeah and and just leave it as a, a good period of time i guess that can reflect on maybe or you know we'll just just leave it where it is really i don't i just don't want
0: to destroy it i also think uh, tell me if you agree with this but i think oh, when you first start something you learn so much throughout the throughout it and i think there's a lot of things where <clears throat> like it's that oh starting afresh you can take all of the lessons you've learned and kind of that all in into something new and and you don't go through those teething problems whilst in the new project which makes a lot of people don't see the teething problems from the outside but you do and those those teething problems will always be there in the back of your mind going oh i wish i didn't do that or i wish i did this i wish I did that whereas when you start something fresh it's very much like okay i know what i'm doing now
1: yeah, ground Zero can be up here rather than down there with the, with the left. So, exactly,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, 100%. And and that's that's what I, I think that's why I enjoy management because I've learned all those things as an artist, mm. maybe the hard way or doing things the wrong way that can kind of help, hopefully help people
0: yeah. make
1: better decisions um, for their career, really.
0: Totally, because if you stopped DJing and producing completely, um i've just
1: no i've still got shows yeah um i'm just not chasing it in any way they're they're there a lot of them a lot so the only shows i've got really are ones i want to do for enjoyment so it sounds mad and it took a long time to get that closure of being Mm. nice it's time to to move move on um but like every time I play now, it genuinely feels like it did before. It was a job. Like yeah. it's, it's just fun. Yeah. I'm doing it purely for enjoyment. If I get paid as well. Brilliant. If I don't, uh, it, you know, it's not. It's not about that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Do I want to do that show? Do I want to be around these people for that party? Do I, you know, there's a couple of gigs I did in the last the last year i kind of did just to sort of say thank you to people that supported mm. me and given me shows all the years you know so so i did them very low fee whatever yeah. they i've been shut down for two years you know and they're amazing because yeah. there's just no pressure i didn't have to post about it online i haven't yeah. got no pressure of saying i'm doing all these shows or i'm not mm. doing all these shows i was just like we can, we can just go and play a party that's really fun and there's no no expectations no... yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah so so yeah i still do shows i Stopped producing massively. I've just done a couple of bits over the last couple of years, purely, again for enjoyment, really. Mm. But I'm not, you know, I don't feel that I need to get in the studio every day. Um, it's
0: funny that, isn't it? Because you started off as a DJ, yeah, and and I think that's the thing is that production was kind of something that you had to do. It got to a point where you had to do it, and you clearly enjoyed it. But
1: yeah, I did have to do it, but it did become. I did very much enjoy it, and and it and it did i'd say the second half of my career as an artist i'm saying that loosely because i still can't always take that word seriously sometimes but you know the, the second half of that was was down to production it was down yeah. to the records releasing and and the labels was on and 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 without that that probably would have been very different but yeah. um but i did enjoy that side of it. I, mm. I really enjoyed making records i really enjoyed getting to work with some of you know people i looked up to for yeah. years. So. So I didn't feel I had to do it. It just it just became yeah. what what I did do. Um, but obviously now I've just I'm just not focused on that. I want all mm. that energy to go into the artist I'm working with, and and I never wanted to be. I've always, as you know, I've, I've always been into the sort of the behind the scenes side of things as yeah. well, um, as well as being the artist. But I never wanted to be a manager that still wants to be the artist and you know like a a show comes in or a remix comes in and i'm like well i want to do that yeah you shouldn't like that should always be your artist first like that's that's for them now it's Mm -hmm. it's, it's their time so i wanted to make sure i was i had full closure on leaving all that in a good place yeah um and then stepping forwards and you know all of those conversations any shows i'm doing they're all about those guys i'm not you know i'm Genuinely, I like. I enjoy life in the shadows. Now, I, I just took. It took me all these years to realise I didn't like being in the spotlight. And and yeah. you know, I know we're sat here talking now. I genuinely have been putting off doing anything like this for a long time. <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be centre stage yeah.
0: anymore. Um, what was that we, process I, beforehand? Because like, when <clears throat> when was it where you were like, I love being in the music industry. I love doing what I'm doing, but something needs to change. And I feel like we all have certain things in our careers, in our lives that happen and realizations that you're from like, it's like, okay, I need to make a change somewhere to make me, to, to for me to kind of progress on or for something for longevity or whatever it is in your head. Um, I've had it many of times in my career. And what was it for you where you're like, okay, I think it's time to stop the artist side of it and take my skills and tools that I've learned into looking after artists and being an artist manager.
1: It's something I'd thought about for for the last few years of being the artist. You know, I was still touring, I was still playing shows every week. I can still remember to this day the moment I was playing where I don't want to name the club because I've played there since and I've thoroughly enjoyed playing there since many times but but you know I was playing three in the morning to Mm. a room full of people like it's a great club it's a great show and I genuinely just had that mad moment where I'm like what the fuck am I doing here yeah yeah. (laughs) which which is it's not something you'd ever expect to happen at any point because you know Mm. it's a hobby that becomes an obsession that becomes your life Mm. that you know you live and breathe dance music and i never at any point in those early years thought i'd ever be a point where i'm like what am i doing Mm. doing this because that's that's everything you've ever dreamed of um but i do remember that and that was that was i think the catalyst to it and that was in 2015 Mm. and i still had a couple of years of touring heavily as an artist releasing and stuff um but it came i think came to a a natural point where I was going to be a dad. Yeah. And that naturally makes you reassess things. Um, and also interestingly, you know, so small the world is conversation came about where our good friends, OC and Verde were looking to explore different opportunities. I've got to be careful here with how that's worded and you'll know why.
0: I uh, so wish you, you dead named them.
1: <laughs> um, I, I can't cause you, yeah. Yeah. Um, and asked if there's anyone I I recommended them speaking yeah. to. Um so I hooked him up with Owen at your army management mm. just just for advice really, I guess. And during that conversation, um, Owen said, because he's been one of my best friends for many, many years as well. Um great manager. Um he's like, Have you thought about doing IS management? I was mm. like yeah, you know, you know, something I'd like to do one day. And and I think that was that sort of penny drop moment. Where I was like, well, one day is probably now, Yeah, like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and maybe this feels like the right moment. Mm. Um, so that was probably the turning point really. But then, you know, I was also about to become a dad and yeah. I didn't know it was in, 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 store there either. So, um, so that first probably, 18 months of being an artist manager i didn't have the time that i thought of the time that i guess i'd not taken for granted but been been used to having mm. um or the freedom i've been used to having because um because I became a dad and we had twins um with no real family support um so i did i just didn't i couldn't go fully into it like yeah. everything i've always done has always been Kind of all or nothing, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and so I was learning. I was learning a lot at the time on the job, I guess, um, which meant I wasn't able to do the best during that time. In hindsight, mm. I took on too much at that moment, I think. But that was the turning point. That's where I was like, right, this feels like a logical time to just make a change. Yeah, um, and that and that was a catalyst to it.
0: And here you are. <laughs> um... It's really interesting yeah. how, because I yeah. I see it a lot, and <clears throat> sorry, I'm sure you see it a lot as well. Where you have a lot of our friends, where kids kind of play a huge part in like the pivotal moment of, yeah. of head yeah. down. I've I've got to look after these little beings, and they they rely on you solely. Um, <clears> they <throat> do. They don't like, I know and
1: I left it quite late in life as well. And and so I kind of mm. felt I've kind of got to do what I want every yeah. day for all these years. Mm. You know, it's time to change that focus and put all the energy into them. And and that's, you know, they don't know, you know, they don't know what a zoom call is when you've got to go and do a zoom call or you've got to deal with this. Other, like, you know, yeah. It, and, and it puts a lot of things into perspective. Um, and I'd never realized, I guess, just, blind ignorance. I'd never realized what that entailed because I'd never really been around it. Um, but it's incredible Mm. and I wouldn't change it for the world. And, and, and that is, you know, that alongside being a manager. Now that's, that's my days. I look after him full time. My, my partner works. Yeah. Um, and she went back to work very early on. Mm. So
0: yeah,
1: I'm a full-time dad. Love that. as well as a full time manager so so I'll have to work like I'll do I'll do some stuff in the mornings and then then yeah a lot of my work gets done like I'll, I'll work every night till two or three in the morning
0: yeah
1: be able to do both
0: um, yeah I love that my manager's the same he does he's got he got a little one during COVID um, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much the same just like his wife goes off and works he's a modern day man now both of you are gotta look after the little ones um it's amazing though it's it's, you know i feel very lucky to be able to do that yeah Yeah. i think i think this is the amazing thing about modern day work right is that Mm -hmm. a lot of what and this isn't everybody we're we're extremely fortunate but like our work's not that time sensitive if you know what i mean it's not it's not yeah yeah and with it's a very flexible industry but also a lot of industries are like that now where it's like okay actually the work-life i don't like saying work-life balance because i don't necessarily in our world i don't think there is that really i think it's you you work as much as you want to work and if you don't want to work then you don't work Mm -hmm. you might not necessarily achieve what everything but that's still a choice um but i think for me it's it, we're just super fortunate nowadays with the internet and kind of i think covid helped massively with that where it kind of like brought people back and was like no we don't actually need to do that that's the interesting thing
1: is so i remember doing you know doing this prior to covid and i'd almost have to not hide but like kind of keep it on the low down that I'm at home on, on like mm. a big conference call or something, you know, with agents and artists and promoters or whatever, you know, because they're all in their offices, et cetera, et cetera. I'm at home. I've just changed two nappies, like, you know, but I'm still yeah. dealing with a big tour or whatever. <laughs> um, and I'd have to try and mask that a little bit on my mm. call. Whereas COVID's, you know, and the pandemic kicking in, meant everyone was at home. Yeah. And everyone had their kids in the background or whatever. Um, so it kind of just made everything more acceptable in that respect, which in hindsight, it's like, as long as you're doing a good job and you're getting done what you need to do, like it shouldn't matter where you are in the world. I I don't need to be in a office in some posh street in London, right? I can do just as good a, if not better job than someone, as long as I put the work in anyway. So it it doesn't matter. Um, So yeah, it was interesting in that respect, I think.
0: No, I agree. Um, When you start looking to sign artists especially you like first artists for you mm. um when like what's that process it's a funny one because having been the artist yeah
1: i see a lot of a lot of things where you're like i oh, do no, i understand why i've never stood a chance in this position or yeah. or, or, or that happening or because Cause I see it very differently now mm-hmm. like, there's no definitive answer really like all the artists i work with i know it's a small roster but they're all very different yeah um deliberately different i guess from my side i don't want a roster of the same people fighting for the same thing because mm-hmm. it's not, i don't think it's ever fair i kind of feel like everyone needs their own space and and it's their vision mm-hmm. and you know i'm or the management team or whoever's working with them is there to try and bring that to life for yeah. them like it's you know it's their life it's their career it's their goals and, and we're there to try and help it happen i'm going off on a bit of a tangent but so but but with that being said i don't think it's a definitive you need to do x y and z for yeah. you know there's different things in different people that's excited me um and there's artists you know I've conversations with them, I'm like i think they're great but can i do what they need to do i don't know and and I wouldn't be fair for me to sign someone kind of knowing that maybe Yeah, um, yeah. I'd, I'd rather see him go off and get the right team and mm. do what they want to do. Cause that's important. And again, I think, I don't know if that comes from being the artist from like you're fucking with people's lives. like, you, you've got to do your job did or, you, or, step, or step away and let someone else do it.
0: Did you ever have a manager?
1: Yeah, I did a couple of points. Um I had one, during the, the skin era and yeah. he was the a and r at skin at that time it mm-hmm. didn't start right like that but but it just naturally developed that that relationship yeah. developed um and he was great rich was great um yeah a, a lot of stuff though was self-done prior yeah. to that and around that and as you know, I am quite headstrong. So,
0: well, yeah, I never remembered you. To ha- I never knew you to have a manager because I always you were always the one just like out there doing it yourself and kind of pushing forward. Yeah. how important do you think that is as as an artist to to kind of do that? Because I think nowadays it's very easy to be like <coughs> producer a couple of records, start DJing, and I need a manager. Um, but I don't personally. I don't think that's the way forward. I think the I think an artist needs to get to a certain level to the point where they can't handle what they're dealing with and what's coming in.
1: I agree with that. I think, I I guess it depends what they want or or what people want as an artist And, and it's a different, slightly different model maybe for different lanes, but if you're creating momentum already yourself, I think you're in a stronger position Yeah, because you're just building a team then around you to keep, growing that momentum mm. and, and driving that forward rather than going i've got this big record mm. and then the manager comes on board and you're just solely reliant on one record that, which might and it might be quite linear as well you know mm. it, it could be quite restrictive because if for whatever reason it didn't work out and you're spat out at the other side yeah where'd you go with that mm. if that record's gone and everything done day to day was part of perhaps whatever that machine was that you know you signed up to and then you're like well i don't even know how to yeah. start this again i don't know but i'm not being saying i'm not saying that doesn't work it does you know see for some artists it does really work um i do think we're in a good time though where everyone's kind of largely got the same tools you can i mean things like instagram linkedin you can get it's in touch with anyone you want to yeah it's, it's very easy yeah you've, you've got the phone book we didn't have that 20 years ago
0: we had the dj but, mag black book can you remember that
1: but yeah, but that's what I mean. Like even prior to that, I didn't. So when I got on break, Facebook, MySpace, none of that existed. No, like it, you, you couldn't you couldn't get in touch with anyone unless you physically saw them, yeah, or you or you posted them mm. a mixtape or a CD or whatever. So like we're in a we're in a, a beautiful era where yeah everyone can do it. But also if you're smart and you're very proactive, like everything's there on the table.
0: Super. It's super easy to. Yeah contact people now it's not it's not an easy industry to get involved and i'd say it's probably harder now than it ever has been to a certain extent because there's so many people because being a producer dj is actually something people can look up to to be a career yeah um, i think that takes mag- mag- the maggot the maggot the magic out of it if i'm honest um being i think <laughs> it uh, it doesn't it for so many like how many years do you are you an artist before you start earning money and I I've speak to many people on a regular okay regular occurrence where it's like okay I need to write a record and then I need to start earning money and I'm like doesn't work like that no, it's going to take no. a very long time till you can give up your day job yeah it might not you might be lucky and you might be like on on your way to starting very quickly but I think for me how like for me it took 10 years before i was like full-time into music i think i think i think it's good though that
1: see see i went straight into it like when i when i got that which after a summer in the beefers you know it's not a cheap summer
0: well so I, I i say i say full-time like I mean, a a touring artist. Before that, I was, yeah, I was doing the same residencies in Ibiza and kind of earning my money through music, but I wouldn't say I was like...
1: I think it's important nowadays if people have got a revenue stream and that's a day job, whatever that is, you know, it could be a glamorous one, it could be a rubbish one, whatever it is, like, that that day job doesn't consume all your creative Mm. time in your head. So it, all it does is it facilitates you in theory. It doesn't, it depends what the job is, but you know, it, it affords you maybe the the safety of, right, I can pay my bills. Mm. So I can, I can focus every night, every morning, whenever yeah. that time is on making this music and doing it right, rather yeah. than having to make the wrong decisions where you're like, I need to pay my, pay my rent this month. I've got to do this gig. It's absolutely the wrong gig to do. Mm. Yeah, it's a yeah. shit gig, but they're paying me a few hundred quid and I need that to pay my rent. Yeah. If you've got, I don't know, that, you know, it is a luxury. If you've got the luxury of a day job, totally, to take that pressure off financially, you can make smarter decisions and you can invest that money into growing the the business, essentially, yeah. of of an artist properly. Invest mm-hmm. into it as you would invest into yourself.
0: I was listening to a Rick Rubin um, interview yesterday. Um, Lex Friedman and, and Rick Rubin. I've not checked that one I'll send it Please. to you it's really good um, it's not as good as I thought it would have been because Lex just spoke way too much and I just would have re- preferred to hear Rick Rubin talk but um, it at towards the end of it Rick on a, it's not I'm not directly quoting but he was like do anything you can do anything you need to do to create mm-hmm. and yeah. if the creating makes you happy go get a day job so that you can carry on creating, and he was like, "You may not ever make your career as music, as 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 your art or something like that. However, if you stop creating, you it, you'll be unhappy." Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing: is <clears throat> it's so easy nowadays to be like, "Oh, I need to make this into a job," but it, I I think a lot, even I can forget it is it's like, I'm doing this because I love it. And when that love stops and when that love kind of gets too much pressure because you're like, I have to do this, I have to make a hit record, blah, 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 all of those things that we all say to ourselves. It's like, well, hang on a minute. I don't have to put this much pressure on the art that I'm creating because I can just go get another job if you wanted. And Mm. I think that... That pressure is 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 needed to a certain extent. We need to put pressure on if we want to grow and we want to be bigger artists and we want to be better producers and better DJs. But I think there comes a point where it's like, especially if you're you're setting out, it's like if if you just like making music, you don't have to make a career out of it. You can just enjoy making music. Well, we and we we one of we know somebody that we were talking about earlier in the pod, like i was just
1: say Ben's, a, Ben's
0: a killer example. He's one of the best producers out there. Still has a day job, and I don't think he's has any interest in being an artist.
1: Not not like to the levels that we're you're talking about. Yeah, right. you know, he just he just he just enjoys the process of making great music, yeah. and it comes organically. And I don't feel there's a pressure for that. You know that to have to scale if it does brilliant but it's not that's not the agenda it's like
0: it just makes a record for the sake of making a record yeah. and that's fucking brilliant great. i guess that's the reason for it no i totally agree I, I totally agree with that um let's talk about let's talk about the artists you you manage and kind of i want to kind of pick a pick out their careers and kind of go into some detail well, yeah a it's bit.
1: a small circle of friends essentially though isn't it i so, know it's mad. A good way.
0: It's, it's mad. Um, yeah. Let's start with Gene. Mm-hmm. The legend. The legend, Gene. How did this, how did you guys start working together?
1: So, um, so with Gene, so I was. Gene Farris, by the yeah. way. If yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's and... Gene Farris, Chicago's, from Um So, with Gene, so I was at your army management with Owen, like I said, yeah. um, for. I think almost two years mm. and um actually randomly all goes full circle um so water and records we were doing that 10 years of water and yeah. tours 10 shows and, and the very last thing i did was uh, was a live stream from label X office yeah. which which is purely because they've distributed the label for majority of that time so it just felt like a good sort of last thing to do at yeah. the end of the tour so that was december 2019 obviously none of us knew what was coming um and, and Labor Works have a management department called Reset the Night, which is where I am right now. And so that conversation naturally came where they were like, we're, we're looking after, they, they were managing Gene and Ollie got at that time. Um, and they were like, we really want to try and grow this next year and scale it and stuff. Um, is it something you'd be interested in exploring? So that conversation came about yeah. just really because I, I was at the office anyway doing the live stream. So we explored that further and, and that felt like a natural um thing to explore more and and then the start of 2020 i moved over to reset the night to head that up um and so by default it meant i started managing gene yeah um and obviously at a very pivotal point in <laughs> right, because literally one month into the job the world ended yeah you know we were all going to go to miami i'm sure you can remember that yeah, yeah. don't they um in fact you were just no you were just you just done your huge tour yeah which i was lucky was fucking amazing to see but yeah you know we we're literally like, Miami, brilliant, blah, blah, blah. And they are like, the world's shutting down. Are we still yeah. going to Miami? What's going on? Yeah. Um, and that's where I started working with Gene. So the irony is I'd literally met him once because he'd been over in, I think, February to do a show in London. Yeah. I hadn't even seen the show because I had to, I can't remember, I was at someone else's show. Um, but I met up with him the day before or the day after just to say hello. Yeah, um, And then I'd never seen him play. Then the <laughs> pandemic kicked in. And and the first time I saw Gene play in real life was February this year.
0: Was it really? Yeah. yeah so
1: two years, two years deep until I actually saw him DJ. And obviously I'd, I'd been working with him on a daily basis mm. for two years. Um, obviously I've seen many a live stream because he had the <laughs> weekly show on Dirty Bird, but, but yeah. Um, so that's how it started. A bit of yeah. a long answer, but yeah, kind of, I guess by default, I kind of took over the reins really, um, and feel really lucky to i've 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 got some gene ferris records there yeah it's mad that isn't it you know i didn't you know 20 years ago i wouldn't have thought i'd be lucky enough to work with him it's it's mad how long he's
0: he's been doing it and things are really growing again for him and it's it's interesting how careers go have like ebbs and flows right and Mm. and how gene's in a
1: really good place at the moment yeah Things are flying as well, and it's and it's exciting. He's it, really in a positive place and very motivated. And, mm. and the music that's coming this year is exciting. There's there's a new album he's working on for next year. Yeah, genuinely excited about that one. Um, yeah, it's like it like feels in a really good place. Yeah, and, and as you know, he's it's just good energy to be around. Yeah, he's yeah. a great guy. You know, heart of gold, and and still thirty years deep, passionate about what he does.
0: He's mad, isn't it? It's mad that he's, he's, yeah, it's crazy. Cause it's like, when, when I put it into perspective, like when, when you're around like the old, older guys in the industry, especially like Green Velvet, and you're just like, this dude had a hit record like when I was yeah. born. <laughs> even, yeah. even MK, like Burning came out in 1991. I was one years old, one, one, and I'm and you're just like, okay, when when I put it in perspective like that, it's like okay, I'm still doing time. I'm doing good. There's still time. There's yeah, still like, right. there's there's still, and then it's e- very easy to lose that because you see like the new like the younger kids coming through, and you're like, fuck, they're literally like chomping at my tails, like, but,
1: but also that was that was all us at one point.
0: Exactly, there, we were. And we we technically still are to the older guys, if you know what yeah. I mean. Um, but I think it's that perspective is that I think when you realise that there's still time and there's actually space for everybody,
1: there is. That's that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, going back to the label name, strength in numbers. Yeah, like work together, we can win together. Like, yeah. You don't need to fight. Nope. I know that sounds real blue sky thinking, but I just I genuinely think there is room for everyone like it's it's a big scene
0: yeah you know? it's it's huge and and more people are getting into it and i think this is the thing is like yes you might not be the headliner at every festival or every show but you're playing shows and you're still touring and people still turning up to see you like it goes to show if if people aren't turning up to see you then yeah maybe get worried like maybe that's the time to be like okay i need to look at myself in the mirror and work out what i really want to do but if people are turning up to shows even if it's 100 people even if it's 50 people people are still turning up you can you can grow from that and i think as long as there's as long as you are willing to grow from it that's and not not have expectations that you are take your ego out of it and go okay i need how do i grow from this and and how do i build then
1: the reality is you know like even if it's one person or 10 people showing up mm-hmm. that's still 10 more people than there is at your bedroom more when you DJ into yeah, that exactly. and you start yeah. so, so that's progress like 10 can be can become 20 can yeah. become 30 that's we all start at zero every single one of us so I think I, th- I think totally like if if there's something there you just got to learn how to grow it or adapt or or find where that sweet spot is
0: totally around. totally so Moving on from Jean, you got Jess now. Jess Bays. Jess Bays. So, hey, that. Th- so this is I, I, I can't remember how I met Jess. I think I met Jess through Sam. Sam Divine. Yeah, um, before she was DJing, I think. Um, yeah, she was,
1: Sam's TM. Yeah.
0: Well. And then I kind of started to pay attention to what she was up to during lockdown. Mm -hmm. um and she's kind of it felt like during lockdown with what you guys have done with her as well and what she's done it's kind of it's she it for me it felt like that she was one of the artists that kind of came through lockdown and came out swinging all guns blazing and is now a successful dj producer out of lockdown
1: how it's felt for us so jess Jess is the first artist I signed cool. when we were at Reset so yeah. when I started at Reset again <laughs> so this, I, th- I think I think it literally was the first week of March we started working together yeah of 2020 and obviously at that point you know Jess had got some dates in the diary as a DJ yeah. I think she'd done one remix on Sam's label Divine and mm. that was about it music wise she had some records sort of that she worked on and stuff but that was that was the starting point I think she had like 2000 monthly spotify listeners mm. we're now on 1.3 million yeah. like years down the line so there's been a real exciting growth and 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 that's been down largely to to jess being jess yeah. you know, she's an amazing personality she's she walks into the room she, she lights up the room you know yeah, she's, yeah. she's she's naturally that star mm. she's got she's got a lot of characteristics that many many artists you know strive to have but can can never have because it's too authentically there mm. so it's been really exciting to kind of see that really come to life and and the music lead the way with that you know she, yeah. she deliberately kind of created her own lane like you know there's a lot more of that music around now but at that start a lot that i know was really making that kind of deep house vibe that jess was doing yeah um and I paired her up again. This so small the world. Is. I paired her up with Richie Daily yeah. Secrets, um, another good friend of both. ours from
0: you know years ago. Yeah, from years ago. From the wartime days. From yeah, exactly. Um, wartime days. Yeah,
1: and and that partnership in the studio is kind of magic. That's what's that's what's really brought her vision to life. And mm. as you know, you know Richie's an amazing producer in his own right, but he's not made any of those records because they're slightly they've got his you can hear his sound in it, but that's, they're not his sort mm. of sound specifically as, as an artist. That's Jess's vision, Totally. you know, combined with, I guess his technical sort of skills to, to create that, create those records.
0: So, I think that's the, what a lot of people kind of struggle to wrap their head around is that you can have a, you can, a producer is technically somebody that sits in the room and kind of, guides the engineer to to do things and kind of brings that's,
1: that's in, the original yeah yeah you know that's that's the original we've we've seen i guess the modern day version where a producer's kind of expected to do everything and but only kind
0: of, only that's, in only in dancing dance music only in like electronic music like that's never like listening like again going back to rick rubin like he was just saying he just fucking lies there He he, he just lies there. He has an engineer doing the engineering and then indirects indirects and not even, sometimes doesn't even do anything, like Mm. not even saying anything, not even kind of giving any feedback, just, just there. And Mm. that's the, um, the, the interesting thing is that in the dance music, we have this like huge, thing that you have to do this and you have to write all your music and you have to do all your socials you have to do all it and it's like fucking hell guys like we're not fucking superhumans but also
1: again like kind of touching on what i said before do you like the record does it make you dance wicked that's largely all that matters um yeah and if you don't that's cool so it doesn't you know you'll like something else it doesn't Like, it's the end product and and how and how that fits into anyone's life when they consume it or digest it or listen to it. Yeah. It does, I don't think it really matters how you get to that point.
0: Yeah, I've just I'm in the process of starting a project in the moment and I'm writing I started I did like my first few writing sessions last week. Yeah. and had like d- different writers in in the sessions with me and I think for spending so many years in a studio by myself doing everything myself and then sitting in a room where i'm just at the back kind of going yeah let's do this let's do that it's it's, it's weird because i i've i've always done i've over the last like maybe i know i guess i've I've always written for other people over the years um and i've done like pop sessions with other engineers and other producers and and kind of just been in the back of the room going yeah maybe this maybe that not really at the controls so I'm kind of used to that but then when it's to do with my own project it's like very weird but it's also it's also quite like refreshing where I know the processes of what we're doing is we're writing a load of records and then I'm going to go and produce them yeah. um, or engineer them, I guess. I don't know. But so it, it's just like very, it's quite, it is very nice to be able to just sit back and go, actually, no, I don't like that. Like, we should do something new. Let's start something else. Yeah. Um, yeah it's, it's it's fun. I like it. I really like it. But I, I it's also, I also, I also l- like the concept of an artist having a producer or an engineer and it's almost like a team thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I look at, I mean, it's an obvious example.
1: Look at Elton John. Yeah. That's a partnership start yeah. to finish. And, and that's that's what makes those record, records so great. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, and, and one without the other doesn't
0: necessarily create the same thing so. no it really doesn't and it, it going back to jess she's 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 doing some amazing stuff and her records are doing really well and it's 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 it's, it's exciting because they're not necessarily obvious records like
1: mm. you know, they're not they're, they're they're accessible but they're credible yeah um and and they're just naturally then just naturally picking up steam yeah. like you know it's not a hard sell in any way. They're just, they're just the right records at the right time. Yeah. With the right person. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a really exciting time for Jess. And, and this year's, making a diary this year is mad. Yeah. In a, in a great way. And just genuinely fucking excited for her. Cause yeah. it's, it's just, you know, she'd worked super hard. for a Yeah, long she time. does.
0: She does work really hard and she always has. Mm. Um, it's just keep growing from that. And I know she will. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's going to be a mad summer for us. So. Yeah, that's good. And you just signed Charlie T, who's like one of my best mates.
1: Yeah, Charlie's fucking amazing too. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I, as you can probably tell, I just I'm really excited about working with all of them. Yeah. Um, Charlie spoke to Charlie over a year ago about mm. it, about it. She's she just finished at Kiss at that point. Um, but with lockdown and everything the way it was, I didn't have the the confidence that I had the capacity to do what she needed at that time. Yeah. And, and and I had the first call, which Charlie was about an hour and a half long, like yeah. just instantly had a lot of similar interests and you yeah. know, spoke about all sorts of stuff and put the world to rights, you know, and, and I just knew on that call I was like, she's amazing and I'd love to work with she's her. She's the best. And I had to really think hard about it the reality of, like I touched on the beginning, you know, when I started management, maybe I didn't know what was coming. And, and, and in hindsight, maybe should have done that, or at least made sure I had the time to do what I needed to do yeah. during that time. So with Charlie, I, was, I didn't, I didn't want to start that and, and not be able to deliver what she needed. Yeah. You know, Jess, Jess was really flying. And there was so much going on at that time. Gene was really flying. um Had Janssens at that time as well, and mm. there was a lot going on. Like, and I was definitely close to capacity with yeah. it as a manager. I never wanted to be one of those managers that's got ten eyes, and you just kind of—it's not good. Whoever shouts the loudest gets the most attention. Like, it shouldn't yeah. ever be like that. No. I'm like, all or nothing. Like, I'm going to be able to do everything you need to the best of my ability. Yeah, yeah. Or, or 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 not like and if it's not you it should be with someone else so so with charlie i didn't want to take that on and not be able to do any of that so at that point i couldn't i, I just couldn't work with her at the yeah. time sadly um and then it was through um through a mutual friend at clash i'd, I'd hooked her up with clash to do this mm-hmm. thing that's just recently been released where she did um just a little showcase on the pioneer
0: thing with clash magazine and um it looked wicked that they filmed that amazingly
1: Yes, that's my friend. That's yeah. my friend um, Gary that's done that. And um, I was just chatting with Gary and I was like, so who's looking after Charlie now? I just presumed yeah, yeah. Like she was working with someone already by that point because she's so exciting as an artist. Yeah. And he um, was like, I don't think anyone. So I just reached out to Charlie and we had the conversation again. And, you know, this was prior to obviously the Radio 1 announcements and stuff coming. You know, mm. we know that was coming. Um, it just It just felt a good time to. Sort of re-explore that, and then naturally um start working together again, and and then you know now, now she's in an amazing position, rightfully so. You know she's she's going to have a weekly show on Radio One on a Saturday night as well, which has been mental. That it's been a minute since Radio One so had a dance show on a Saturday night, yeah. um starting in September. So again, amazing artist that I feel genuinely feel lucky to be working with.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy for her. I've known Charlie for years. Um, hmm. I actually don't, I don't think we ever have worked out when we actually met, but I think it was like, uh, it was definitely a long time ago. Um, was it Ibiza or? I don't know. I think it was Ibiza. Yeah. Um. So yeah, easy 10 years ago. Um, I've seen her, again, It's she's chosen a route that's not, your average route to be Not an easy route Yes yeah, to be in, in, in the music industry, she's chosen the radio DJ route and radio DJs are kind of grandfathered into their spots for God knows how many years, if you know what I mean? Like look at Pete, like how yep. long Pete's been on radio one. Mm. Um And I, like, I know the guy that actually signed Pete to radio London. Yeah, before it was radio. Uh, on yeah, Tom. Before, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. yeah. right, episode yeah. that was. Um, and that was years ago. Mm. Look at Annie Nightingale. Yeah, yeah. Like still yeah. going, and and Charlie kind of was. Was she at Capital at one point, or did she always she, do Kiss? Right,
1: she, she was at Kiss for I think seven or eight
0: years. Yeah, and
1: um, and she she was she did D and B TV yeah. um, as well as a presenter and. You know, she's put in a graft, and and she's 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 got the talent, and she's stuck to her guns, which yeah. is very easy to be like. I've got to be a producer, I've got to do this route or that route, yeah. and she's very much stayed authentic to
0: herself throughout. That's why it's fucking great to see her in this I, position. I remember, Ger- to
1: be
0: I remember when she when I she called me when um, she found out that like Kiss was like no longer, <laughs> and she was like. I think I'm gonna get a real job. Yeah, and I'm just like, just hold out, please. Like it's because for years, me and Charlie have like had conversations. Like she should be at Radio One, and I was like, you're gonna, you will get Radio One one day. Like you're gonna get it, but just you just have to keep going and keep doing what you're doing and like brainstorm and just run a load of ideas and and she's a classic example that it's not been one linear no, route, route to career success and how that it means that sometimes you just have to just keep pushing on and keep keep going and keep going and keep that goal and that dream kind of at the top and and just keep pushing it until you get there and i know that this radio one thing is like a huge thing for her but i also know that this isn't the last the end goal for her and
1: it's- this feels like the beginning exactly. of the next chapter. Yeah. Like genuinely does. Um, yeah, you know, I don't want to give too much away, yeah. but like both kind of know where Charlie wants to go and, and she's she's got a skill set to to do it and deliver and, and this feels like that catalyst to that next part. Yeah. Um,
0: the thing I really like about Charlie is that obviously she's a great person, but the the knowledge she has in music is is you can't buy that yeah it's very Sorry. special and yeah. over the years what she's done on radio just generally in kiss and this is no dis- disrespect to kiss but in the uk like kiss is a big radio station but radio one just kind of rules over everybody um and you're never gonna get that will never change no matter how much money these commercial radio stations put in the BBC is always going to kind of take over that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like sometimes when you're on a smaller radio station, it's kind of like looked down upon because you're not at the the top of the game, but you've also got to realize like, no, she was a radio DJ on Kiss for eight years. Like that's impressive. And she did a lot of fucking shows. Yeah, she
1: did she covered, she covered she you know she she had the specialist dance show but she also covered daytime stuff exactly she so yeah. she did a lot um yeah yeah it's pretty amazing strong skill set and above all of that she's a fucking great dj yeah. and there's there needs to be more fucking great djs out. There. no disrespect to a lot of you know there's there's some great djs and but there's also some people that get to play amazing shows and they're pretty bang average like charlie's a really good dj yeah and
0: we were, so she's gonna be we were able. listening to some in Miami that were pretty bang average. <laughs> yeah. No oh dear. Um, yeah. She's wicked. Mate, you've got a cool little crew. You, is, so is that th- just the three?
1: It's those three. And there's another guy uh, called Matthias. His artist name is Matteo. Um, he's out of Chicago. Brand new developing apps. We only had like two releases. Self-released cool. at the moment. Um,
0: what type of music is that?
1: He's on that sort of bicep dusky kind of vibe. Sick. Um So everyone's very different. Yeah. You know, Gene, Jess, Charlie, and and Matthias.
0: What's All it the, like with in with like Matthias? Because I, I, but what you're saying on that tip, it's very UK. Is it, it is, that's,
1: but that's what's interesting to me is because obviously he's he's in Chicago and and mm. that's where he's from, but he's he's heavily influenced by UK sound and yeah. And I've always kind of liked curveball on everything it's like well that's different to a lot of what's going on in the states at the moment yeah um so let's see if we can use that as your strength you know because if he was over here it'd be one of a lot of other guys doing a similar thing whereas he's over there doing it there's Mm. a lot fewer people doing that and it's as you know it's a very big space you know there's huge yeah there's there's a lot going on so if we can craft that right he's got the talent he's fucking amazing like if we graph that right and 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 he's got the skill set to be a live act as well it doesn't doesn't Mm. just have to you know be linear as a dj it can it it can grow into a little um solo live act so yeah yeah it's exciting and and then it's it's different yeah you know i I don't want to sort of do obvious stuff i want to kind (laughs) of
0: it's i think obvious stuff is easy right and it is but it's not always I've always um, liked backing the underdogs. Yeah, you always have. Well, right. I guess realistically, like, like you were the underdog. Yeah, yeah. If you know yeah. what I mean? Like there's there's not many people that like work as hard as you have worked over the years and... Never quite tipped, really. It just takes...
1: But, I, but
0: what's tipping? But, this is the thing.
1: But, uh, well, yeah, it's again, yeah, you know, I'm kind of dismissing like,
0: you, yeah you had a fucking yeah. insane career i feel really fucking lucky to have done
1: any of the million yeah. things that you've got to do like that, that's all dream stuff and that's that's what helped me with the closure but i think mm. was that sort of reality is like i've still done all these things that i have always dreamed of doing yeah. there's only two things i've not ticked off i won't name them because i still want to get them but um yeah you know even 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 just playing in more than one city in the same night it was like a dream it's like it's mind-blowing let alone flying to another country or producing a record with heroes you know i'm
0: i'm cool i think that's the thing is like it's very easy for or for me anyway to be like yeah but there's i'm not kyle cox yet if you know what I mean, and it's very easy to kind of like, every time you achieve something it's like, okay, what's next, what's next, what's next, next? but it's like, how is that as a manager, because you're in a very different situation now to like, all these small wins are are wins and some of them are big wins like, how is that on the manager side of it compared to an artist, because I can guarantee that a lot of the artists are like, okay, what's next
1: Yeah, they are Um, but the mad thing is they feel the same for me. Like I'm not on stage or I'm not getting that hit record with my name on, but it feels the same. Like, no, yeah. yeah, That's what I mean. We've worked, yeah. We've worked together to get to that point. Mm. Um, so it still feels like a win.
0: Um, no, that's, and I think that's the thing what I'm trying to get at is you're a little bit although you're working with the artist on such a regular occurrence and you, you're the manager but you're not the artist so yeah. you, you you're kind of a little bit more detached and you can kind of see it from a from an outside perspective a little bit more and you can be like no this is fucking great whereas a lot I, I can only speak for myself because I don't necessarily know what Jess Jean and Charlie's kind of and Mateus had heads that but like my manager would be like, "Oh, there's you've just done another million on this record, and I'm like oh, great what's what's the what's the new record doing if you know what I mean and like but as the manager, that's a big win um I think it's just that it' i think it's just
1: that detachment which allows you that objectivity, which is what I was struggle with as the artist right. and as you'll know, like you're so in it and you're so focused yeah. on where you're going that you don't really sometimes until you stop and look back which there's never a minute to really do that as the artist yeah to really necessarily always take in what's going on um whereas when you're in the sort of sidelines you're able to see it obviously you're still looking at where you're going and jess will tell you know i'm I'm forever saying like blinkers on let's let's look at where we're going with this like eyes on the prize yeah but you know as, as, as an example Jess has had some phenomenal moments yeah. over the last two years and a lot of those are things you know we could only dream of at the start mm. so it's just I guess it's trying to find that second to absorb it
0: yeah. for
1: those guys Um, I mean you know what we're aiming at is amazing also and, yeah, and yeah. It's, all, it's all in our sights and yeah. I think it's all achievable um, same with Gene same with Charlie um, I can't speak on their behalf, you know of, of how how it feels for them. But being on the sidelines, yeah, I can I can maybe take a second or two more to take it in than than they can because they're still driving forward.
0: Yeah, uh, you know when you're an artist and you're always getting your head like just I don't know if that ever happened for you, but for me it's like even today, like I was in the shower and just being like fucking just going mental in my head just because of things. Yeah. Um, do you get that as a manager? That it, more
1: so, maybe. Do you think it's, it's, it's the pressure mentally is mad? Yeah, yeah, because because I, I mean, maybe I don't know. I th- maybe it depends on on, on on. Maybe different managers do things differently. Mm. Maybe I do things wrong or right. I don't know. You know what is right or wrong, yeah. but but yeah, the, the pressure is pretty intense because there's so many moving parts. Like you might be putting together a tour at the same time as dealing with four releases at the same time yeah. dealing with what you're doing in Q4 or Q1 next year at the yeah. same time as putting out a fire of something that you did four months ago mm. that for whatever reasons come back around and you've got to undo something but you're not like you've got to do it because that's it needs doing but yeah. it doesn't it doesn't help move anything forward That's so kind of you know like that's just maybe just it's just a lot of pause in there Dang. I think um, but I quite like it because I've always liked that pace anyway, yeah, um I think I like it more so because I'm not in the spotlight mm. as the artist, so yeah. I haven't got to still go on stage and perform the show, which you know I used to be doing all that stuff as well, and then yeah. still have to perform with a spotlight in your face for two hours and be on point, yeah, um whereas I can just be dealing with all that whilst they're doing the show um
0: so yeah so like it's good pressure i like it nice uh, how do you work with with your artists when <clears throat> uh all of your crew very hands-on or are you very much so way you, like you're like okay you guys just create you go just do the creation they're all completely different
1: yeah every single one's completely different um so there's no it's not like it's even like a, a template or a linear approach mm. you can apply like Gene's completely different to Chess. Yeah. He's completely different to Charlie. Um, I think it's maybe you know that's part of the trying to find the perfect dynamic. <coughs> as a, from a manager's point of view, with the artists, is it's their vision. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, you know, and you need the right team around you that can uh, adapt to your workflow mm-hmm. as an artist or how you want to work, and they they can amplify that and empower that and mm. help focus it or drive it in the right direction rather than you know there's a lot of energy but it's yeah. spread across a few things it's like right this is what we're trying to achieve how do we connect those dots um so yeah it's not it's not a straightforward answer because they're all completely different mm. and, and i have to work very differently in different ways with all of them and obviously they're all on different time zones genes yeah. six hours <laughs> behind us which ironically works well for me because like i said it's, you know, I look after the girls every single day mm. as well. Um, so Gene's six hours behind. So he's, you know, his stuff I can deal with. Later on. Largely in real time for him, but yeah. it's later on in the day here, you know, so, yeah, so yeah. that's why I'll be working until like three in the morning. Joyful. Got love I it. enjoy it actually. Yeah. I enjoy
0: it. Well, so, I guess you get a bit of your own time as well. No, I definitely don't get any of that. <laughs> no, you, but, you know what I mean? Like, when you're working on that later on at night, it's like you're just focused on that one thing. You don't have to worry about anything else. Kids are in the bed. and and
1: They are, but twins being twins, they still wake each other up. So <laughs> we've not had the night where they've slept through yet. Have you not? No. <sighs> oh. And they're up at 6.30. And bear in mind, I'm going to bed at 3. That's rough, mate.
0: It's DJ it's, it is DJ life? It's just like DJ life, but it never switches off. So. <laughs> Did you ever switch off, though? As a DJ? No, I don't think I did. No, I I don't go on holidays. I don't don't switch off.
1: It's it's hard, isn't it? Because you just cause
0: you're so in it, you're so
1: driven in your head, and you're like, even when you're trying to switch off, you're like, oh, I just want to do this, or this would be a great idea. I mean, like you're saying, in, yeah. you're in the shower, and your head's going, oh, what about this? I'll do that. And not for a second have you actually stopped and gone, well, oh, that feels nice. <laughs> it's yeah. all just like it's
0: it's it's a head fuck. Mm. Really, because it's it gets to a point where you're like, why are we doing it? Because we love it. Yeah, but, but then the it's like, stuff. if we love it so much, why don't we? Why don't we enjoy the moment? Because I think that's the. the I I never forget that first show I played. Never forget mm-hmm. it. I was absolutely shit in my pants, yeah. but afterwards, it was the best feeling ever.
1: I've I've always. Nervous, I got nervous before this scene. I've always got nervous yeah. before having to do anything like that anyway. So, that always reminds you, I think, you know, before you go on stage.
0: I don't really ever get nervous now, it's only like super big shows, yeah. like really big shows. The, I think the last time I was like nervous was the first show back, mm-hmm. um, last year. Well, I guess,
1: yeah, you're coming straight back into 3000s and in a V10 <laughs> after after. <laughs> Two years off,
0: three thousands in a V ten, and five thousand people in front of you, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" And do these records sound like I think they do in a club? Well, I, in a club, I guess it's a festival, right? So, mate, I didn't look up. Yeah, didn't look up for thirty minutes of my set. It was just, just, like, just like, I can't physically look at people without worrying that I'm gonna press the wrong button. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, is Pioneer sent me a V10 right before the pandemic, but it was in my house in Detroit. So I literally had opened the box, but hadn't <laughs> hadn't done anything with it. Shit. Yeah. yeah it's good, good times there, man. Um, okay. I don't want to hold you much longer, but I want to talk about Strength in Numbers. Um, okay. I really like the name a lot. And- I it was one of those
1: moments that I was searching for a name for a long, long time. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to do a new label. And I knew I wanted it to be not restricted. Like it's not, it's not, it can, it's whatever. If I yeah. like the record, I believe in the artist. That's all that matters. I don't yeah. mind what genre it is. But I need a name that mm. represents what I want it to be. Mm. Um, so yeah, so that's it. And, and the, 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 the logo is literally a
0: free hand drawn heart. That's it. Amazing. Send it over to me when, when you can. Um, yeah. What's the plan for that? At the moment,
1: it's a little bit open ended because I'm just trying to decide what the records are that we release and the best way of giving those as much visibility and as much life as possible. You know, like I don't want records to be dead in four weeks. Like oh, it's so it's like, hard, mate. Yeah, you know, like Jess is single at the moment, "Temptation." I know, kind of gone off back to a tangent really of that but it's a great example that came out in February we're still working that record and it is flying it's still Mm. moving i I like that's how can you bring more life to a record how can you re-present that record to people that maybe didn't hear it first time around it's so hard and and that's what I want to do with with the label is is find ways of of just keep breathing life into great Mm. records that are going to sound great in 20 years I know it sounds real cliche to be like I want to kind of create timeless records but again maybe having run auto for 10 years has given you know i've learned a lot of stuff of what does doesn't work you know even maybe where i didn't do things right or wrong around records and then being a manager i've learned a lot of things around around working campaigns and hopefully i can put some of that skill set into these records that i just genuinely fucking love yeah so ben ben's going to do an ep for it um again he's got no real aspirations of being ben, oh
0: monod,
1: yeah yeah sorry Monod, yeah um you know he just wants to release great music and yeah. that's amazing because I've, I've, I've got then the challenge of especially i guess with him because he's not necessarily got an audience as such mm. as an artist how do i create visibility for a record
0: with that dynamic yeah
1: um so it's an interesting challenge um it's
0: so it's so so different it's so strange nowadays it's not strange at all it's how it's always been Hmm. but i think because we're used to being having some sort of success on each record right that when a new artist comes through and like it may do like a hundred thousand streams and to you that's like or to us that's not much if you know what I mean it's not kind of game changing however to that artist it's the biggest fucking thing they've ever achieved and i think it's very easy for us to be like no we need to grow more we need it goes back to that same thing as what we were saying just a minute ago but it's like you need to set achievable goals that are actually achievable for what yeah. you're doing um without being over confident because you know,
1: even 100,000 streams, I know, you're like saying it's not necessarily life changing to a career level, you know, for for an artist, but it's still 100,000 streams. That's yeah. still, that's still a win. Even if it's 10,000, you know, if if that's a win for them, I know. It's, I don't want to sell anyone short, but like, if that, you know, if that's amazing for them, that's a win. Yeah, let's, let's try and build on that. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just want it to. I want it to be safe place for artists that can make music however they want yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be quality over quantity you know i'm not gonna put out every week i'm not necessarily even gonna put out every month in any way it's all it, it might just be when you find something good five six records a year maybe um maybe an album project there's, yeah. you know there's a few things I'm exploring um it's an artist called from your neck of the woods actually dark arts club that's amazing records mm. Charlie's Charlie's released one of his records as well at some yeah. point. Um, just artists that are exciting, that are doing something for the right reasons, and yeah. they just believe in their music. It doesn't necessarily fit in a mold. So yeah,
0: yeah, I've I that's kind of the vibe with my label. To be mm. fair, um, it's also signing friends that I love. Yeah, and it's working with great people, right? and and kind of having a crew that don't sound all like each other um and that can on a business side of it because i'd be lying if you don't if i say that i don't look at it as a business but how can i curate a night for a club yep. with just my label and make it sound amazing And i mean i
1: agree it's, you've got to look at it as a business it's never been Driven by that for me, no. but the reality of the blueprint is it needs to function in that way to scale. It needs to at least pay
0: for itself for a t- for a certain amount of time. Where,
1: I think it needs to scale so that you can you can continue to amplify their music. Yeah, you know, exactly. You've got to create that platform for them, and that requires things to to work in a certain way. But it's still for me, especially with the label. You know, this is music driven and it's artist driven and it's, and it's art driven yeah. for me. I want it that to be paramount and then hopefully 20 years of learning things the hard way you know i can i can help elevate those in the right way
0: sick man um are the socials i know all of that out for that or not is it
1: uh insta at we have strength in numbers nice. uh, it's on facebook as well but obviously Fuck facebook. Facebook well, <laughs> so there's no posts on there but the channel's out there right now so yeah cool dude
0: mate um I feel like we could probably talk about it for the rest of the day. To be yeah, fair,
1: there's loads to cover. But yeah, I appreciate your
0: uh, Um, thanks for coming on, dude. I really appreciate it. It's been been good to get. It was so good to see you in Miami. It's been no, far too so nice. long.
1: Long time coming. I was waiting for you to rib me for not making it to your party. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: we. I actually forgot about that. But Sunny didn't turn up to my party in Miami. He was gave, giving it the big guns for the whole the whole day before. Yeah, and, it didn't and I'd, be a
1: ba- I'd be a bad manager if I blame Gene for uh taking us elsewhere when we were literally over the road, but um, terrible. I'm sorry, but I did I, did, I did get to see you play at, at La La Land the next day.
0: So, no, I didn't even play at La La Land. This is the shit thing. Come on, Sonny, sort it out.
1: You played, oh no, you played <laughs> in the same spot, it was at the national, so I got to see you there instead. It all made that all, all those parties at the national kind of blurred into Blood one, but into yeah, one, you, yeah. you did. Yeah, it was good fun. Um,
0: Go no, mate, you. good to see you. Keep safe. Let me know if you need anything. I see you very soon. Um, oh, really? In
1: reality. So. When? Are you, well, are you, are you doing IMS or anything, or are you back over to the States?
0: Um, I'm not doing IMS, but I'm back and forth. What are you doing this weekend, actually? Easter weekend?
1: Uh, it's quite open. What are you doing? What's the plans? You're, you're playing this here,
0: right? I'm playing London. What day? Sunday, night. Charlie, right. I think Charlie's coming. Right, leave it with me. Yeah, I might, I might come down. Just let me know. There's, a, there's a bunch going on. So if you want to just bounce about with us, then you're, you're more than welcome. I'm writing it down. Sunday. <laughs> we know you won't turn up. It's fine.
1: I was going to say we'll see. We'll see what <laughs> happens after my uh, last appearance and the fact I was late at the start. Is cool. Jess spinning? Uh, anyway. uh, she's got red in on Sunday um she's got a capital show as well okay. uh, so let's
0: check yeah so she'll be in the she'll be in the area cool man all right dude good to catch up love you mate keep safe and see you soon see you mate see ya peace bye. bye and that is a wrap big love to everyone that came on and listened thanks to sunny for coming on uh keep safe please share the podcast please subscribe please give us reviews it keeps the podcast going much love